You're listening to the Avoid the Trap Podcast, a show dedicated to helping bettors exploit the betting markets using unconventional strategies and tactics. Turn up the volume and listen closely. The show starts now. All right, guys, we are back with episode 14 of the Avoid the Trap podcast. I'm your host, Micah Smith, and I have both professional sports bettors, David Miller and Antonito DeRosa. How are you guys this week? We're good, man. Pretty good. Good. Y'all tired? Look a little tired and sluggish. You're getting better at saying Antonino DeRosa. You're getting wrapped up. (laughs) I say that so people can Google his name and figure out how good he is. No, don't don't go googling. Don't go googling. Google. So, how did uh the NFL? Did you guys watch the Monday Night Football? How'd that go? Yeah, it was fun. We uh, for me, the college has been killer. The college football hasn't gone well, but yeah, those were fun games to watch. Did you Even have? Really... Well, in the contest, what did, was you, that? did you guys have the Panthers game or the Browns game in, in the contest in the pickup contest? I had the Panthers plus three and a half. Okay. That was yeah. a good backdoor, right? That was a nice yeah. little backdoor cover. Dave, did you have the Panthers this week? Thanks. Yeah. 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 The same four out of five. And then you had, you had the Raiders and we took the Chiefs, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. And then my friend lost his mind with, well, no, he didn't put it. We were sitting there and I go, no, no, don't put it. So never mind. He didn't. Never mind. But he, he went four and one. Did you guys he consider wanted, Baltimore at all? He, he wanted to take Washington plus three and a half when there was fours everywhere. And, and I go, can't you just bet that plus four for a lot? And then when it was 21 to three, I'm thinking that he's going to somehow pull this one off. And they did. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it, man. I was just like, come on. You're so lucky, man. <laughs> Let me ask you a question on that. I have a question. Do you think you know, both of you guys can answer this as far as, I'm talking contest strategy only, right? Not there's fours out there where you can go bet it for a lot. Do you think there's some kind of game theory there? If you know you're in a contest with 80% sharps, they're not going to pick that game because what you're saying, there's fours out there. Is it still, if if Randy has a good opinion on that, is it still, if him winning at 50% taking a bad line versus you winning 55% taking a good line, but his 50%, nobody's picking that game. Is it worth more than 55%? You see what I'm saying? No, you, you can't do stuff like that early in the contest. That's all you're doing there is like you're just outsmarting yourself because the problem is you can't get in the mind of all the other people that are in the contest. So if you're going, well, they're going to do this and I'm going to do that and this is going to have this is too big of a parlay. And then people will just shock you with their selections. When, when you think their picks are face up, all of a sudden they'll switch it up one week. So you, this is stuff you do the last few weeks. You, you look at the standings, and then if you're in a certain part of the standings and then you have a good read on your opponents, then you can do something like that, especially the last week. The last no. week you can really do stuff like that. Because the last week you can develop a read where your everyone's picks are face up. Not everyone's, but the people that matter. So I'll let him give his opinion, but (laughs) I think if you're in a contest like the Circa contest, I think every so often it's probably okay to go very contrarian because, I mean, you have to be whatever, 8,000 people or 7,000 people, whatever amount of people there is, right? 
in a contest like the one me and Dave that we're both in, there's only 18 people. I assume many of them are sharp because it's a 50K buy-in. It's like seven or eight. Yeah. So, like, I don't know how many are super sharp or how many are like that money, but there's no reason to be contrarian all that much until the very end, right? So, I don't know if, like, if I'm behind, I don't think I'll wait till the last week to be contrarian personally. I'll probably wait with two or three weeks to go. But it really depends on where you're in the standings. And the good thing is you have to try to win early. So then at the end, you don't actually have to be too contrarian, right? So so it just depends on that, I think. I don't want to get in both of you guys' head because I know. But, you you know, you guys think are similar and a lot of your picks are the same. So somebody's going to have to deviate at some point. Well, the, the problem is that the DraftKings odds, they come out pretty early compared, I think, to other websites. So there was just a lot of value every single week. What I'm more really more, so it's kind of easy, I think. Like, I really think this week there was only like six or seven options and you had to pick five teams. And last week it was more or less the same. There was like six options and, it's, and you had to pick five. The true question really becomes is that contest, I don't know if you know, you have to skip a week. When do you skip? Because that I have no idea. I know. I'm not telling you. I know. <laughs> no. All right. Well, <laughs> I'll try to if figure I, out I, I, time I, to skip. I've done the contest every year. I've done the smaller version, and we have some minimum caches. I mean, we haven't gotten first, but I know when to skip it. So there, there <laughs> I need mean, something, man. You guys are too good. There's an optimal strategy to when to skip? Yes. Okay, good. I'll try to figure it out then. I haven't thought about it too much. but You know, 100% you know the optimal strategy if you thought about it for five minutes. Well, my first thought is the week where there isn't that much value. But, you know, I'm not really sure, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, your survivors are doing well, or how are your survivors? Uh, I lost two more entries this week. I had uh, two entries on Denver. So they were up 21-3, and they lost. So we're almost out of the survivor. We only have four entries out of the 10 left. but. This week, we went to Dallas, to Denver, and to New York Giants. We felt that the Giants had no more future value, really. And we felt that most people were going to pick the Bills. And I felt people were going to pick the Bills because people are saving Dallas and 49ers for Christmas. So our strategy was to fade the Bills. But obviously, that didn't work out. Yeah, but that was a solid solid strategy long run. That had a lot. Like, you can do that kind of stuff and, and not play the stone nuts and the survivor because there's other factors. There's thousands of people in it. So yeah, it sounds like, good. Like, the Bills weren't even the biggest favorites on the card, I don't think, because I think uh, there was some Raiders money that steamed. Like, the most, the biggest favorites, I think, was, was Dallas. But I just felt that those teams would not get chosen that much because they play at Thanksgiving. But did you have any Bills? We had the Bills and the Giants. Okay. Yeah, so I think that's what we did. We have 16 out of the 20 left. Nice. Uh, To be honest with you, man, I don't really get into it. I don't go, oh, yeah, like the survivor, I'm still looking at it like we're out, 20,000, you know. You you can't get too into that. I mean, last year when we got all the way down to three weeks left, I was excited. Well, like I, I think I was excited five weeks out. But, yeah, it's hard for me to get too excited about that. Well, what about college? How did that go, Dave, before you betting in, in Colorado? Pretty good? or? Well, you know. 
I don't know the answer. You know the answer to that. I don't know, man. There's just so many bets, so many. Yeah, I can't keep up. Uh, how but long I think are you working? Really well both days. How long are you there betting on Saturdays? All the way till the last round starts when it's like two or three games. We don't uh, do that. Ten hours straight. Twelve. Oh, all the way to midnight. Twelve. Oh, okay, yeah, because you go through half times. So I got you. Yeah. But I mean, we've got to be up a, a decent amount over the three weeks. Because we've we've had a lot of value. I mean, it's been unreal. I don't I don't know the exact dollar amount of yep. the value, but it's been really good. And your pre-game strategy, do you like deviate from if you have a bad week or a winning week, do you deviate from your process or do you stick with the same process? No, stick with it. Because it's not it's not based off one week, it's based off the season as far as long run goes, correct? Yeah, if you if you changed it, that that doesn't make sense. Yeah. Then you just, I don't know, got to where you were at with luck or something. Or you don't believe in yourself. I don't know. I don't know why somebody would change something that's worked over a big sample size. Unless you change it for the better. Right. If you change it in a losing streak, that's, I don't know. I wouldn't do it. I only have two bets so far. I have two bets right now. With all this stuff, like, do you have, like, people that do accounting for you, Dave? Or you just do it all year on your own? Or you just hope? Micah does it. Jesus. Micah, you, you do too much work, bro. <laughs> Somebody that's, yeah, he does a lot, but he he tracks every dollar. I don't track anything, to be honest. You just wait till you get paid. Get paid. Yeah, I mean, it sounds lazy, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's your Saturdays like, man? Are you by the TV all day, or do you don't care much about college football betting? I don't like college football. I mean, I like it, but I don't really dabble. We make some bets early in the morning, but it's all math stuff. Basically, uh, we bet derivatives, you know, first halves and first quarters and whatever else. We do that for a couple hours, and then that is it. Just turn off the computers and call it a day. No, but, no, uh, game, no live college football betting at all. Zero. Uh, maybe one day when I'm bored, I'll try to make a college or a football model for live, but currently we don't have one. But, yeah, I mean, we're usually on Saturdays, we're busy with soccer, as you can tell. So... We're kind of focusing on that more. But yeah, if you have uh, good edges and college football is a good place to be. Soccer, there's just so many more games, which is kind of funny. You're like college football. There's already a lot of games there. But in soccer, there's just so many games and so many opportunities that we just spend our time betting that. Yeah. Did you see your sheet this week, uh, Micah? Uh, what would you think? I know Mark texted me on the side. I was like, I don't account it until we collect it. Was so. <laughs> this the biggest week we ever had for you? No, no, you've had some bigger weeks when we were running our operation correctly. Yeah. <laughs> There's some good weeks for sure. But yeah, we lost a lot of accounts this week. This week, basically, we won in everything. So it's going to be hard for uh, to keep accounts that way. But Yeah. Well, what about as far as well, it's good on that side of the story is if you deal with like what we talked about last week, we have an agents that can just create new accounts. I'm sure you guys have a lot of those that can just have new accounts once they get cut off and just stay under the radar of that type deal. Yeah. So should we talk a little bit about this week's NFL card? It's kind of interesting, no? Oh, let's talk about it. Got, what do you guys think told us you're, you're pounding Thursday night football before we even got on. So what, what we got going on there? Oh, uh, right while we were getting on, we were actually betting the Giants and 49ers first half over. We were betting everything that was 22 and a half or higher. There's still some stragglers that you can find up. But yeah, that's what we bet. When you're yeah. betting that, 
you're betting because I know I've been there. Like your mid price is minus one ten on that. Yeah, twenty two and a half minus one ten is what our mid price based on our perceived value is. Well, how important is minus one ten? If somebody has minus one twenty, they're trying to tell your bets. Like, talk about what the importance of that ten cent means. You're going over the long run, and you're going to win two point five percent less than we will. So you don't want to make those bets. It's Thursday night football, and I don't care. I want to make a bet. It's, I, I have minus one twenty. <laughs> I have the same if, line. If, That's all if, I care about. If you can bet twenty two and a half minus one twenty, you're not making a negative EV play. So. You can still bet it. What's the edge? On 22 and a half minus 110? No, on 120. All right, so one second. I'm looking at my sheet now. So at 22 and a half minus 110, we add about a 6% edge, according to us. So at minus 120, you still have a few percent edge, but that's assuming that my perceived edge is correct, which I wouldn't put my hand on a fire to say that it is. But it's in the ballpark over your big sample size, right? You sleep yeah. at night making Well, the know. thing is, and I've said this in previous podcasts in the past, everyone thinks they have a bigger perceived edge than they actually do. In Basketball Live, we bet perceived edges of 4%, and we've made millions of bets in the last three, four years. Millions. And we only win at 2% rate. So, yeah, so you have to take that into account. Is that just NBA or all Europe or everything? All basketball. All basketball live. Yeah, so in this stuff, we think we have a 6% edge when we make that bet, but we don't win at 6%. We win at a few percent, you know, two, two and a half, three, whatever. Your basketball live, are you live betting at Bet Chris and Pinnacle or are you doing it off market somewhere? Usually we bet them some. We don't always just bet them. It really just depends how much money we're getting down at other places. We tend not to want to bet at BetCris, and we tend not to want to bet at Pinnacle. It's because, obviously, if you bet them, the market moves, but also because they're some of the smarter sports books, so they can, in theory, reverse engineer your bets and copy your model, right? That is something that they can do. Are there groups out there that don't care and do it anyways because they need Oh, of, of course, because people, if you don't have too many outs and you don't care and you don't think that they can copy your model, then uh, yes, there's people that do that. But since I've worked at both of those places, I know they have the ability to copy their model if they think you're super sharp. So more information you give them by giving them bets, more likely it is that they copy your model. Got it. That's so, interesting. I never thought that they would do that. So sports books have this thing, which is called game state data. So whenever a wager gets posted, you know, like a ticket gets taken, they can take the price that a shark customer bet and compare it to the game state data while the game is going on, right? So they can say, okay, well, when I took this bet, the score was 28-26. There was... 10 minutes left in the second quarter, this team had the ball, yada, yada, yada. They have that ability to do that. Now, if they think you're super sharp and they can reverse engineer all your bets, especially if they have millions of them, and they can figure out where you think there's value that they didn't think there was value. Now, are all sports books doing this? My assumption is no. How much time are they actually spending doing this? Not that much because they got bigger fish to fry. But it does happen. I've seen it. 
Yeah, that seems tough, but yeah, all right. Yeah. <laughs> At Pinnacle, when I used to do MBA, we used to do it basically by hand. We had a spreadsheet that barely worked. It was mostly by hand. And we had a customer who would crush us, totally crush us. He was winning, you know, four or five percent over a huge sample. So when the first thing they decided, let's make our own basketball model, what do you think the first thing they did? Is they grabbed every one of that person's wagers. They attached the game state data right next to those games. And they kind of reverse engineered the guy's model. Now, the guy's model kept still beating us. But instead of winning at 5%, after we eventually got a new model or a model, the guy, instead of winning at 5%, he was winning at 2%. And the model was really good at predicting which side he was going to like, because you kind of know. So that stuff does happen. That's why you have to be careful. You know, if you have something really, really good, the bigger sports books, you probably want to stay away from. Interesting. Okay. Nice, man. I learned something today. I would never thought that, yeah, that they would put a lot of resources into doing that. But yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's a lot less work than you think. I mean, it's definitely a lot of work, but it's not like years of work with, you know, many, many employees. It's probably a couple of dudes with a couple of months of work and they can actually come up with something pretty good. Right. Well, that's what I would have thought. It would be just too much work. But if, if you are looking for value in like one or two particular spots over and over, but if it's some super complex thing that has like six or seven variables, I would have thought that that would be impossible, you know? Yeah. Like we usually bet those bigger sports books when there's either a too much value to just pass up or when we're betting something, you know, I don't know, we bet EuroLeague basketball. And sometimes it's hard to get enough money down. So sometimes in those games, when we don't, we bet it. And as Micah would know, is we have different accounts all the time. And sometimes, you know, our liquidity can go from whatever, from X to double X one week, back down to X the following week. So it just really depends, you know, when we do it and how we do it. But we're definitely conscious that this is happening. Okay. 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 Yeah. Cool. Mike, are the people being solid like that you collect from this year, like more solid? Yeah. Well, I kind of like got real down better. I got it down better. So, you know, when we had all that issues last year, I hired a person to log into all the accounts at like three in the morning in the Philippines. And she sends me a balance update every morning. And I just watch those balances. So if they get too high, man, you know, if you got a credit bookie that's your balance is up three or 4,000, I mean, you need to pause it. I mean, unless you are a hundred percent certain that doesn't matter. I mean, you got to be certain, but yeah, it's, it's been bad. And that also, you know, neglects the gates on how much you can, you're winning. You're not going to win as much, but you're, you won't get paid though. Right. And you still sleep better. Yeah, yeah, you'll take you know you take some gambles on people, but on those people you take gambles on, we go two thousands the max they're gonna win, and then we're, you're done, and we're gonna make sure you're gonna pay because regardless, got to pay Ant you know nine hundred and fifty bucks of that two thousand, whatever it is. Regardless, so you know you want you want to gamble with the other eleven hundred or whatever it is. So yeah, I don't know if you know this, but do you know that our bot has this feature? This when you send us an account. You can tell us the max win. Well, okay. I mean, I'm glad to hear you say that because everybody else I've ever, ever dealt with, but don't tell me. No, I, don't, I, can't, I can't control it. But no, 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 no. Okay. It, hopefully the guys will add it out the guy's name. But 
in our bot, we didn't know either until a couple of weeks ago after Bad Bash, where people are giving us accounts and they're saying max win 2K, max win 3K. And we were like, what the fuck is this? Yep. And then they told us in our bot, because everyone uses the same bot basically, you can set the account to have a max win. And once it reaches that, the bot doesn't hit that account anymore. Okay. Well, let me ask you this. Is it just your bot or if you get multiple groups on that one account? I'm pretty sure that most bots, because it's the same guy that programs all these bots, all the bots have it. Okay. I mean, that'd be great to know that I won't have to stress out so much. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure once you give us accounts, like talk to my employee, he can put max wins in the accounts for sure. Okay. All right, that's good to know. We didn't even know that feature existed until a few weeks ago because some guy gave us a bunch of accounts and he goes, Max win 2K, Max win 3K. And we were like, dude, man, like we can't really keep checking these accounts like when they get there. And he goes, Do you guys use this bot from this, you know, uh -huh. the same bot that everybody uses? And we're like, Yeah, well, there's an option inside the bot that you can actually set the max win at. Right. That's good to know. I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> yeah, so definitely just talk to my employees and they can hook you up with the max wins. Yeah, cool. So Micah pretty much spot works like all week. He's almost like a property manager. Like you just spot work when, when okay, you got to transfer this money. Okay, time to work. Do that. Like you're not just sitting down and like doing eight hours of straight work, huh? That's, uh, I know, no, no. Uh, I mean, like, there's an, like for example, like there was one – we have our, you know, our guys in uh, Baltimore that, you know, that do the sales, that has a sales office. And there was a mistake. I tell you, a classic mistake I made this week was he had a guy that had a good credit account and he sent it over. He created the group on Telegram. He, and I usually, I'm the one creating because when I create it, I go into my spreadsheet and send it to the girl in the Philippines. Hey, this is a new account password to log in and check. He created it, so I did not send that account to the her, and that account won like twenty this week. So, I, am I stressing out a little bit? Yeah, but I know the guy, and I'm I'm like ninety percent sure we're gonna get it. But those are the mistakes that I do make. So that's good to hear that you guys can do that max win. That way, I don't if I make a mistake like that, it's stoppable at that point. What did you hit like 80% this weekend? What I was don't this? Know. I mean, the max bet was $500 in that one account. Yo, dude, I think this week for us was really like record breaking. I don't think we've ever, everything won, which is usually never happens. Like soccer won, our live won, our tennis won, our college football won, NFL, I think we broke even. Like literally everything won at like huge percentages. So it was insane. We have guys that we bet like the hundred dollars an account at a time, and accounts that were up fourteen grand. Like, it's just like it, hundred units, dude. It was insane. Like some of these accounts, I didn't even understand how it was possible. When I say hundred dollars, I think it was like you know hundred dollars our way, two fifty in the account, but two fifty at a time up fourteen grand. Like I don't, I don't know what happened, but we just didn't lose a single game. Well, should we start pumping this more then? I, I, I think, I think though, I, I would just, you know, I mean, I just learned from my mistakes of, you know, we lost a lot of money last year and I was like, oh, I, I don't know if I would need to stop, but I just knew it was that the opportunity was there. It just got to be managed correctly. You know, I can't do it all myself. Do you clarify? I don't know who's in for what percent, but do you clarify with everybody? Okay, man, like 
you're in for the total like win loss of yeah. So I talked. I have the vet each person on the phone. They don't have a good bankroll. We offer them a free roll, which I like when everybody takes a free roll. I want everybody to take a free roll, but we will give them X amount to start until they prove that they're going to pay. And if they ask for more, we'll give them more at that point. Well, um, if it's going smooth, I mean, do you want me to like pump it more? Like, do you I want think we should. Pump? Yeah, I really do, man. I think we should, especially as football now. I think we should pump it more. Mm-hmm. When college basketball starts, that's when we win the most because that's sport is just, I mean, it's just crazy. But yeah, like what Micah needs to learn is if he has a random guy who he barely meets, he finally meets, he's got to have small numbers with that guy. Sure. Then if the guy starts winning you like 10, 20,000, maybe you can raise him from five grand to 10 grand. But you can't have big numbers with people you don't even know, right? Well, that wasn't the problem. The problem with me was is I got so many accounts in a month period last year so fast that I could not manually log into all these accounts and do my other daily work. And it was taking too much time. And I would miss it. I mean, I'd miss stuff all the time. Just like the example of last week with that Purple Devils and his his website. Uh, I mean, I had no idea because it didn't get put in the right place. So that was happening on a weekly basis last year. Yeah, but at some point you're going to get your strategy of like handling the people, the oh, risk, sure. your reads on like, okay, when this happens, but like the mass repetition, you're going to mold like the optimum strategy for all this and like how much to risk on each person, et cetera. If they're brand new off the street, you go lower. So you're forming a good strategy. And sometimes you have to break even or lose. That's to right. Find that. you, know, you know what I mean? That's right. You're right. Yeah. So. Yeah, we'll talk about pumping it more for sure. Okay. Yeah, you should pump it more and bring us tons of accounts. That's what you should be doing. But, uh, we were, David was pumping it hard last year. We just had the business was the model was just not good on my end. No, I mean, I'll, I'll like aggressively pump this if if you think you've got it down. But you you sounded discouraged back in. Oh, I was in- discouraged, man. I was like, I could see like, oh. I mean, I, uh, I guess we can talk freely on here. I mean, Ann and Mart are getting rich here, and, and I'm just getting crushed. And so it's like, what's the point of this? And uh, it's just, just I couldn't do it. It was too much work for me to manually log into every account and deal with it. I needed a process. So, yeah, like obviously our motto is we want to get rich, but we also want the people that bring us accounts and the people whose account it is. I also want them to get rich. You know, it's kind of like I eat; they all eat. We all grow together. So when Micah is giving us really huge amounts of money and he's losing, it's like, dude, man, we got to figure out how to do this better, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let me know what you want me to say. I'll say it. Or you oh, guys, put yeah. those random like things you put or whatever. But the other thing they say you have to like be kind of mindful of is a lot of times some of the plays that we're betting are not even ours, right? So we are paying when we tell somebody, hey, we bet this much from this game. You know, if Micah or Micah doesn't pay us, we still have to pay that person. Right. And the same thing goes with any agent. Right. So it's kind of like this chain of events where the top guy always gets paid and the second guy always has to pay. Usually the top guy and the bottom guy are the ones that can like not pay or they always get paid. Right. So it's like you have to, you know, it's just, I don't know, just part of doing business, you know, you just have to be careful who you trust and hopefully it doesn't happen very often. Well, I hate to say it, but it's kind of like the drug chain. Like, <laughs> yeah. 
kind of like how drug dealing works. Like it's exactly it's it's exactly like the same chain, kind of like. <laughs> yeah, and the funny thing is, a lot of people don't understand that we're not trying to get paid from Pinnacle.com or Bet365.com. A lot of us are trying to be getting paid from a fucking barber in the middle of Wisconsin who's a bookie or a drug dealer in Georgia or whatever, right? And people always tell me, what do you do when people don't pay? And I said, well, I bet on sports. I'm not a fucking gangster. Like, what am I going to do? You know? And uh, a lot of people just don't get it, but kind of the way the business is, you know, you just write it off as a loss and keep going. But let me ask you a question, because you guys deal with this. I don't. When you guys are afraid of, like, getting stiffed, are you more worried about the bookie or the person? In our experience, is most of the time the person and not the bookie. Because the person that's bringing you these accounts that are not getting cut are probably people with who are degenerate gamblers who probably have a bunch of vices. And sometimes, even though you win money in their accounts, they owe so many people money or they lost their money playing the... We have accounts where people are fu- are playing the casino games. So we have accounts... <laughs> Dude, this is true. That's we a have- sign of weakness right there. <laughs> we have multiple accounts that have been open for three to five years. And it's because the person who brings us the account also puts his own bets in there and he loses everything we win. So in our experience, it's mostly the people that bring us the account are the ones that have some kind of leaks in their lives. And it sucks. You have to tell each person, hey, don't bet your own stuff, please. You have, no, you have- I, I don't mind if they're better stuff because the account lasts longer, right? But I try telling them, if you're going to lose, please don't lose more than we won you. And that's kind of the way you right. kind of have to do it. Because they almost subconsciously can look at like your winnings as like paying their debt, you know? Like that that's the problem with that. Yeah, like ideally, what would be nice if somebody really wants to gamble for fun, whatever, they lose as much as we win them. So we get paid, they break, the bookie breaks even, you know, they lose a little bit and we call it a day. But obviously you can't force people to, you can't change, I don't know, you can't change your mind or whatever. You just try to explain it to them best you can. But we have a whole team that that's all they do is they make sure that whenever somebody's number gets too high, we pause their accounts. This week, we have a guy who owes us six digits, and not Micah, because we would never pause his accounts, but we have a guy that owes us, you know, six digits, and we have to pause all of their accounts. You know, we're talking like 30, 40 accounts. And until he pays us, we're not going to make any bets in his accounts anymore. And the guy's going to hustle to try to pay us because he wants us to bet his accounts, of course. Yeah, it's just interesting where you draw the line with each person. And I guess it comes down to like history, what you've heard about the person. If they are playing blackjack and have constantly lost in that, I mean, I would be less likely to want to bet that account myself. The way we do it is based on how much money they've won us in the past and paid us in the past. That's how much credit we give them. I see. So if a guy's made us 100K, let's call it, we're willing to give him 20, 30,000 of credit. Because at the end of it, if he even stiffs us for that much, at least he's made us 100000 right? I wouldn't look at it like, all right, he's already paid 100 So this 20 or 30 I guess you can kind of justify it if he runs away to help yourself thinking that yeah, way. The, the, the like, problem, right. problem is when you give a guy 20 30 in credit and he's never paid you and then he doesn't pay. 
Yeah. That that guy's made you no money at all, and it's only lost you money. So we kind of use it based on how much they paid and how much they want us. And, you know, if they're going to stiff us and run away, then that's fine. At least there was a plus. Then a referral, a referral from somebody solid that's paid you a lot of money has to be like the ultimate, right? Like, yeah, you should. And then he refers somebody. Usually what happens is the guys that have been with us for a lot of years bringing us accounts, eventually they run out of accounts. So they start hustling, finding other people with accounts. And they're not even introducing these people to us. They're just using their account and giving them a share. So the, like it becomes like our agent, then have sub-agents underneath them that bring them accounts. So <laughs> like we might, <laughs> Yeah, like we might have like 500 accounts, but we're only dealing with whatever, like 30 or 40 people. That Chapo Guzman over here. <laughs> well, it's, it's like Micah. Micah, she has tons of accounts. But we don't deal with the people below him. We just deal with him. And I'm sure Mike has somebody beneath him that brings him more than one, right? Probably has some guys that bring him five or six at a time. And it's just kind of like a chain like that. Well, he's – and then he's got the apps going too. So, yeah, man, hopefully you're sleeping enough at night, bro. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been rough lately. He's also handbedding shit, like when we send them messages on Telegram. Oh, okay. Oh, he's bad. Oh, it bothers me that – just to see, know that I can bet it, it doesn't get bad. It, it bothers me in my soul. <laughs> this so morning we sent you a nice, a nice Mexico soccer game, and you like were so happy. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. versus uh, some of the other ones. I want to talk about the Bengals game. Can we talk about the Bengals game? Please. So. What's up with this Bengals line? And what was it before Joe Burrow was announced out? Most likely, yeah. Let's see. It was six, seven. I usually have me. Okay, so the early line was four. Then it went down to two. Now one and a half, two and a half. This is nice. Two and a half at a sharp place from one and a half. You like that, don't you? You like to see that? Yeah, I don't know. I, would about... say the, I don't want to say the play. And it will probably close like probably around this. What do you think it'll close? Or do you think oh, it'll go back to? I have no idea, but I saw that I opened seven, right? Is that what I opened that? I don't think so. Okay, that's what paperhead opener was, seven. What, what did it open at? It says four here. Let me let me look. Like Maybe I'm clicking the wrong one. Because if it opened four, it makes sense that no Joe Burrow is only worth – like Joe Burrow is usually worth more than this, but Joe Burrow has been hurt all season. That's why I'm like, it was Joe Burrow – like a hurt Joe Burrow really worth six points? No, let, let's talk about this then. Okay, so you know how you know how you just said, well, he's been hurt or, or limited. He can't really uh, run. So, so like, okay, what am I trying to say here? So, you know how that first line went from like two and a half Browns or Bengals were laying two and a half on the road, and then it went to Browns minus one. Do you think that like all the people that were banking on that, do you think they were kind of just gambling, or like he clearly could not just suck it up and, and run? You really think, because Randy kept saying that, he's going, we need to take the Browns because Burrow can't move. And I I remember just saying, eh, he'll probably just suck it up, take a couple steroid shots and be fine. And he goes, no, no. They knew. For sure they knew. Yeah, well, I mean, and the final score kind of said, and how he played and everything kind of said that. So So then last week, we both took the Bengals he was more into it. He goes, "Let's we got to lay three with the Bengals." It's like, all right, 
he's limited again, or he's won't he won't be as efficient, blah, 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 but it's still good. So they lose. So my point is if guys really knew, okay, this is gonna really, really affect there's a ton of value because he's more banged up than everyone thinks, then yeah, those are good spots, you know, long term. Yeah, obviously I have no idea what Joe Burrow's worth. And what is the Hubble Joe Burrow? Is he better than, I don't even know who's their backup. No idea, but. Okay, so if he was 100%, you think that line last week should have been like four? Like, let's say that he was just 100% last week. What do you think that line should have been? Probably three and a half for four is my guess. A close three, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that the Bengals here versus the Rams, like, they should at least be six to seven point favorites. I don't know which one. If Joe Burrow is healthy, the Bengals are going to, there's got to be, need to have some kind of mental thing where they actually need to win. But I don't know if that matters like in an NBA or whatever, but being 0-2, like game three has got to be, you really giving it your all, if anything. And then the Rams, what are the Rams, like one and one? But yeah, they lost. They lost to the 49ers last, last week, and it was actually a close game till the fourth quarter. And they closed seven against the or seven or seven and a half. Was it seven or seven and a half versus the 49ers, who are like one of the best teams in the league? So if let's say Browning started last week, what do you think that line would have been? I'm just trying to like run through every scenario here to like figure this out. Like let's say he sat last week. What do you think that line would have closed at? Ravens favored or pick them? Ra- what? Ravens favorite, in my opinion. Okay, so then all those people that were just so sure. Okay, he's not mobile at all. He's really banged up. This then that was a massive spot. If they really had that read, that was a massive spot to take the Ravens and the Browns in week one. It just seems hard. It, it seems I don't know. Every time like I try to go, well, this guy's not gonna be efficient. They just seem to suck it up and all of a sudden they're playing like they're a hundred percent. That's what happens to me when I try to do those plays, man. Yeah, I mean, like the thing with the there's historical data that shows that if a quarterback hasn't played all preseason, they actually suck the first game of the season. So, like, now, did the first game know, like, did they know that the Bengals, first game of the season, that the Burroughs was going to be that bad? Because he was really bad. Probably not. But, you know, there is data that shows that when that happens to a quarterback, they underperform. Go ahead. They didn't know last week. Because they definitely didn't know last week that he would be uh, play as bad as he did because yeah, that line. Yeah. Like you said, the Ravens would have went to favorite or so. Yeah. I guess I took the bait last week. Oh, you were on the Bengals. <laughs> yeah, I always <laughs> take the bait, man. Just put the dangle <laughs> in front of me. I'll take it. But yeah, I think that the game is interesting. Another one that's kind of interesting to me, and this is all injury based, the Indianapolis versus the Ravens. It basically, looks to me that that there's no difference between Minshew and their starting quarterback Richardson. What do you think about that line? Yeah, that's a tough spot. Eight. I mean, with eight, just in general, it's eight or pass. Nobody's lining lining up to take plus eight there. I I don't know, man. I'll probably pass that one. Or play the nuts in the contest if it's the nuts. (laughs) Yeah. That game is, you know, super interesting because like the only thing I know enough about the NFL that I'm always interested in these quarterback spots, right? Another, well, yeah. another. You're right. The line basically says there's not much of a drop off there, and then in the Bengals one, it says there's a massive drop off. Let me ask yeah. you this: I started to go all around. My caffeine's kicking in. 
So you guys didn't take the nuts with the Raiders nine and a half. Did you guys lay seven with Buffalo for a big cash bet? No. To pass that, I mean, I would have to have a huge bet on the other way. No, to be honest, uh, when we're picking our picks, we're not choosing anything based on any other bets that we have. We're just treating that as like their own, their its own little thing, right? Then I really got suckered. I played the top five. You guys played like the top three, and then the the fifth and the sixth, and dodged well, the one loser. I, I think we have the same uh, pattern. I think that you and I, I haven't done any work on this, but I we think that you because you thought the week one you thought that the Browns were a better pick than the Chargers. We probably overestimate the three, and you underestimate the three. That's right. Because Raiders closed seven and a half, right? Or seven? No, seven, flat seven. Flat seven. I even laid seven, like minus 103 at Pinnacle or something. Okay. Yeah, so we thought that the Kansas City, like, difference with the time we looked was just, you know, between the two and a half and the three. We thought that was worth more than eight and a half to seven but i don't know no nine, really no 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 oh, nine and a half to, nine and a half to seven and so your ex-employee disagreed with that and had it like seven or eight cents better than nine and a half to seven trust me i plugged it in you know i'm always plugging them in <laughs> i like that you're plugging it in so you guys you guys thought no he's wrong on that your 20 cents was not worth the 30 no no no, no. if it was nine and a half to seven you're definitely your play was better than ours. Yeah, but you dodged. You did what my friend Randy does that I was like seeing the other day. He'll dodge like the one loser that's like this huge price, and I go, I hate you, Randy. To be honest, for us Raiders wasn't even a consideration, and I'm probably wrong. We felt that the next best play was Baltimore, and I think it's because of the three and three and a half. And I liked Houston, which thank God our producer didn't release the show in time for you guys to lose money on my pick. But we also liked Houston as like an option. But yeah, we didn't even consider Raiders, to be honest. You know what's weird, too, is like, you know how you just said the Ravens was the sixth one or whatever you just said? It's funny because like nobody really picked that one. Yeah, because there was some late money late on the Baltimore Ravens uh, as well. But I'm not sure why. Yeah, it sounds like your guy's pretty good. I don't know. He, I, I, I think. Can I give you an advice? I, I give you an advice, okay? I know you don't want to give me advices, but I'll give you one. I personally think that the closing line, like the lines, like an hour and an hour before the NFL starts, are stronger than a post. Well, I do too. But then you said, "Oh, don't just fade the games right at the last minute. They move a lot because it's an efficient market." <laughs> I actually well, think like Friday night's pretty solid. And then when Saturday comes, it's like you see the most strange things. Well, a lot of times in the last hour, some traders are doing things to like fix their positions based on some bad decisions they right. made earlier. Right. But, okay. That makes sense. <laughs> but yeah, I've never done a study, but I suspect if you do a study like at least 30 minutes before, I'm sure that that line is more efficient than when the game starts. Well, that guy Fezzik, one time at uh, we were all turning in our entry because we all everyone saw each other at the Westgate. He was saying that any crazy moves after Friday night, he would always look to kind of fade, and that always kind of stuck with me because that's what I always thought too. Because you know you yeah. start to change stuff Saturday. 
Well, his idea probably says there's already enough money in the market that has made this game stable enough. So the later right. money probably means less. But I don't know. It's still an injury-based sport. You don't know if somebody, if, you know, if they say that one guy they thought he was going to play is not playing or whatever else, right? Well, also, it could be something that's kind of slowly leaking out that you won't you won't get an injury update on. So that's another thing. Like, you could go, I have the same information. I have to bet this because it moved. But then 30 minutes later, it'll say so-and-so's out. And you're going, ah, that was kind of leaking out earlier. Or they just didn't update that notice when they should have. Don Best yeah. has actually gotten worse at updating it, by the way. I don't know how they've gotten worse, but they have. But yeah, mostly dumbbest. I said it in a, a previous episode. It's not their number one form of income. So it's now owned by a company called OpenBet. And basically, yeah. they're, they're just not spending any resources on it because they have bigger fish to fry. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that makes sense. Yo, last week I gave you guys a free tip on uh, making accounts uh, in Ohio at Prime Sports. Do you guys want to hear another free tip this week? Yes, please. Yeah. Is it in Colorado? Well, I think it's kind of a gray market kind of thing. It's called Forecasters. Have you guys heard about this? Uh, it's no. called Forecasters.io. And it's a gray market exchange that only deals with crypto. No idea what country or what state is in or whatever. But if you guys are interested, I can maybe help you out to get an account there. But if you guys follow them on Twitter, you will see that they have a lot of liquidity on NFL at very small splits that sounds good first of all i hate to bring this up man but we got to be transparent have we won a single pick yet that we've given out <laughs> oh but luckily we haven't released it. i'm on one what's your record i don't he's, know but I, he's oh and one we had the broncos all right oh and one both are we going to pick another pick this week yes oh yeah we got to this, yeah. this will be released tomorrow September. yeah i'm i'm lions minus three there's a lot of places that have flat threes. I'm looking right now. I'm going to need a moment. Well, if you guys find some 22 and a half minus 10 or 15. Oh, man. No, no. No, they don't no. Exist. no, no. I'm looking. I'm looking. Let me, let me be a Just give me a minute because I wasn't ready. One second. I'll tell you. All right. Let's see. Yeah, give me you, 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 got, you guys talk for a moment while I think here. Okay. Well, the people want an NFL side. I'm going to give you an NFL side. I won't give you a total or first half. Don't worry. Yeah, you can't go with 22 and a half minus 15, and I'm staring at the screen. 22 and a half <laughs> minus 132. Like, oh, <laughs> nobody even having the line out. <laughs> All right. I'm going to choose. What should I choose? You can I'm... use one of my picks. I'm ready to go on a winning streak. No, 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 no. I got my own picks here. Don't worry. Uh, where are they? I'm looking for them. One second. All right. I'm going to choose Miami Dolphins six and a half. Is that okay? Yeah. All right. Miami Dolphins. I was trying to find the uh, Spurs 411 price. Oh, they're at seven. So I'm I'm cheating. But there's a lot of six and a half on Miami Dolphins. No, that's more of a widely available than the one I gave. So that's fine. Okay. Dolphins minus six and a half minus 110. That's my pick. All right. That probably is going to lose. Okay. Lock it in. And uh, you wait. When the Dolphins win, Mr. Russell Wilson is going to be out for good. Is that what you think? I mean, I don't know. He looks real bad. 
that looks like one of the worst trades in NFL history. Yeah. Yeah, a couple of guys I know predicted that. That's almost as bad as the Rudy Gobert trade in the NBA. I don't know if you guys know that one. Mm, Can you enlighten us? The Utah Jazz last year traded Rudy Gobert to the Minnesota. Oh, okay, last year. Okay. Yeah, to the Minnesota for like tons of picks and tons of players. And basically the center that they gave them, which was a rookie, is like now better than Rudy Gobert. Plus they got tons of other things. So they took this player, they have to pay him like $35 million a year, and he's worse than the rookie they gave away. But uh, uh cool. All right, guys. I appreciate both of you on. So why don't we tell our, our listeners? Oh yeah. These episodes sometimes get very repetitive. Let's do a mailbag. So, Micah, what's the email address? They can send us questions, and we'll answer those next week. They can drop any question to avoid the trap six. That's the number six. Avoid the trap six at gmail.com. All right. You guys all send us questions, any questions, and I'll force Dave to answer them, even though he doesn't want to. Oh, you can understand. We like hearing your voice, man. <laughs> all right guys it was nice uh, thank you for listening to the avoid the trap podcast if you'd like more betting tips or want to learn how you can partner with us go to our website www.avoidthetrap.com until next time remember to the victor belong the spoils